What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 53 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison. I am joined today by CNY form goer, fan of it since 98, a.k.a. Jake Smith. How's things going down there today, Jake? I'm doing awesome. How are you? Not too bad. So last week or the week before, I uh, got thinking about people in certain sections that I know. Um, obviously, last week I brought on Matt O'Rourke. Um, he's a Section 6 guy. Well, actually, you, you would know him because he's a Section 3 guy as well. Um, right. He's he's the, uh, he's out in Section 6 doing, you know, covering wrestling and all that stuff. So I brought him on. It was a good episode. And then I got to think in Section 3. I mean, I am on the northern border of Section 3 in Section 10. But I know, you know, I pretty well know the Section 3 people, um, but not as good as you. Um, obviously, anybody that goes to CNY Forum, they know fan of it since 98 gives the best recaps and the best previews I don't know for several years now I mean quite a few years so obviously I I I knew I had to bring you on uh well first of all thank you I appreciate that uh but yeah it's cool that uh you know one of the harder things for me is like branching my knowledge out to the different sections so it's cool that you guys got this podcast going that kind of focuses on the state as a whole yeah I mean Zach, uh, so obviously you, you would know Zach as well because he, he does the Section 4 part of the CNY wrestling page as well. Right. But, uh, um, yeah, him and I obviously kind of have share passion of wrestling, whether it's in New York or outside of it. And, you know, my thought was covering New York wrestling, which most of my guests, pretty much 99% of them have a New York-related tie. So that's been that. But it's great to bring on guests that – Nick Wazdowski obviously has a New York ties, but, like, guys that – or to that caliber and just bring them on the show and listen to their stories. It's been fun. So yeah. Um, let's, let's get into the sectionals. So obviously the section three tournament was this past weekend at the SRC arena in Onondaga or section three um, D one. They had one qualifier at every weight, at least one qualifier at every weight um, certain sections or section three and section four rotated back and forth for that second auto qualifier. Um, so section three D one one Oh two, Frederick Pagan of Fulton um, was the champ, so he's going. And then 110, we've got Tamal Gamo of Indian River and Aiden Callie of Baldwinsville. 118, Shea Sinatir of Carthage. 126, Brogan Fielding of Carthage, as well as Ashton Thompson of Rome Free Academy. Up at 132, Alex Booth of Indian River. 138, Manuel Gonzalez of Indian River and Max Feisinger of West Genesee. Up at 145, Charles Foster of VVS. 152, Gabe Lynch of Indian River. 160, Jack Clough of Watertown. 172, Dylan Frenzy of CNS. And Jaden Burdick of Central Square. 189, Cole Mulhauser of Central Square. 215, Kane Roberts of Watertown. And Rocky Files of Central Square. And then at 285, we got Charles Tibbetts of New Hartford. Over at the D2 side, we've got three qualifiers at every weight. So there's a total of 39 going. Um, obviously, Section 3 and Section 4 were both sections that have the uh, three qualifiers because they've, you know, showed their dominance in, it, dominance in, uh, in the last several years of Albany. So Section 3, 102, we've got Gene Edwards of CVA, Central Valley Academy. Uh, we got Evan Rotucki of Casanova, and then Brock Frederick of South Jeff, Sandy Creek. Up at 110, we got Talon Hubbard of Homer and Trevor Waugh of Beaver River, as well as Dylan Nolan of Jordan Ellibridge, Port Byron, Union Springs, and Cato Meridian. At 118, we got Chase Nevels of Copenhagen, Carl Santarello of Marcellus Onondaga, and Patrick Grimsey of Lowville. 126, we got Trey Kimball of Camden, Cooper Reed of CVA, Colin Shearer Shearer of Marcellus Onondaga. 132, Tavian Camper of Copenhagen, Cully Bellino of Canastota. Parker Allers of Phoenix, 138, Case Cook of Central Valley, David O'Neill of General Brown, and Dylan Petrie of Copenhagen. 145, we got six Cooks of Central Valley Academy, Aaron Briones Coopers of South Jeff, Sandy Creek, Caleb Martin of Sackett's Harbor. 152, we got Mason Rowley of Little Falls, Nathan Snow of General Brown, and Joey Reed of Mexico. 160, we got Evan Osterman of Canastota, Ike Savasky of Jordan Eldridge, Port Byron, Union Springs, and Cato Meridian, and Aiden DeForest of Mount Markham. Up at 172, Adam Ortega of Copenhagen, Jordan Koenig of Holland Patton, Sean Kelly of Lowville, 
189, Ethan Randall of Central Valley, Jared Belinsky of Dolgeville, Andrew Bailey of Chittenango. 215, we got Sam Sorensen of Homer, Casey Bixby of Canastota, Dominic Jones of Mount Markham, and at 285, Nick Rogers of General Brown, Josh Shelsman of Camden, and Andrew Morris of Holland Patton. So it sounds like you're going to be a busy guy here come States. You're obviously the guy that has been blogging the last several years. I take it you're going to do it this year as well? Yeah, no, that's the plan. Perfect. Uh, so, yeah, like I obviously know quite a few of these names that I called off. I think a third of the qualifiers um, and on the D2 side were Frontier League guys. I believe there was 13 total. I think nine of the 10 schools in the Frontier League have at least one guy um, competing in the state tournament next weekend. And I, there's eight champs of the 13 champs on the D1 side. There are Frontier League guys as well. So I've watched these guys grown up since the Pee Wee circuit. And then, uh, you know, whether they train at Kenny Courts, he has a, a wrestling club at, over in Watertown. Um, and then uh, Jason Carroll over at Copenhagen, his son Dempsey wrestled a few years ago. He's He always has a, you know, foreign guy up in his place, uh, training his guys so I know several guys go there and then Derek Brennan has the Black Belt Wrestling Academy in Watertown so yeah there's three biggish clubs that are uh th these guys are attending and obviously they're putting out some hammers yeah no, that's cool I didn't know uh some of that I didn't realize uh that the Carroll's had a club um yeah Frontier League man for sure they just uh, yeah they brought it Carthage Indian River uh on the D1 side for sure um no they're impressive uh and it's cool that you're right there close to them i know that they're pretty close to like section 10 area too so yeah they got something good going on there yeah um actually thursday i, I won't be able to i know we're sending our guys to uh the greenhouse but i know i think it was monday i'll probably go out there at least once or twice before the state tournament and uh whether i mean kenny courts is his club uh that's always a great place to go if you have a national a D1 NCAA All-American uh, in your area, you know, showing stuff. I mean, Cole Mulhauser is another one. He's not in the Frontier League, but he comes up and uh, trains there quite a bit. So, yeah, it's a great place to be, obviously rubbing shoulders with a bunch of champs and uh, state qualifiers like that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, let's let's kind of get into some of the breakout performances you kind of saw over the weekend. Uh, yeah, man, for – there were quite a few, you know, it was – Definitely interesting, you know, with the gap year last year. Um, I mean, obviously some guys in their first year have a lot of success, but having that year with no results to look at, uh, some guys showed a lot of improvement from before. Um, you know, on the D1 side, it's like for some breakout guys, Dylan Ferenz of CNS, I think he was maybe, I think he was one in eight in 2020. Uh, I mean, he made sectionals actually, but you know, not a lot of matches and uh, not like the greatest win-loss percentage. Uh, and now here we are, two years later, and he was a section champ, so that was pretty cool for one. Yeah. Uh, so one of the guys I circled, and I guess it's not necessarily a two years ago to now kind of thing, but it was more more of a last weekend to this past weekend. So just really a one-week span, um, obviously, and that's probably why he was named MOW, but that's Tavian Camper of Copenhagen at 132. So he came into the tournament as the fourth seed after taking third at the Class D tournament a week before. And uh, on his way to a title run, he beats the Class C champ in the quarterfinals, the Class B champ in the semis, and then the Class D champ in the finals. So obviously that all resulted in a well-deserved MOW award. Oh, yeah. No, that was, that was an incredible tournament. I mean uh... – He's got results on the, on the website from when he was in seventh grade, but that was even three years ago in 2019. So uh, definitely impressive to, I mean, it looked like that weight was going to come down to there. You know, there's Cully Bellino, Canastota, TJ O'Connor from uh, Cooperstown. Uh, O'Connor's been to States before as a wild card and Bellino was having a real breakout year too. Uh, and uh you know, even in the finals, Camper was down, I want to say, 4-1 or 5-1 to one and just came storming back. So definitely uh, uh, MOW-worthy performance. I mean, he might have taken it from his teammate, Chase Nevels, who had a really good tournament as well. Uh, so, yeah, big props to Copenhagen and for Camper for their tournament. Yeah, I mean, Copenhagen, I think they might have only had four or five. Well, they had four champs. Well, four guys qualify, I mean, rather. Um, but they uh, – they might've had five or six guys in 
that advanced from the class tournament. I don't even know what their numbers were, but all they really need is those four guys, and they they put themselves in fourth place with just those four. But yeah, they they've got they might not have the depth, but they've got the hammers um, to show for it. A few upsets. Yeah, I've got one circled as well. But you know, what, what did you see that maybe some top guys that, or you know, obviously we already talked about um, T.G. O'Connor, right? He didn't make it to the state tournament, right? No, he no, he he uh, lost. I think it was a uh, Conti semis. He lost to Parker Allers from Phoenix, who is another yes. guy who had a real crazy tournament. Uh, he beat O'Connor six to five uh, in the Conti semis. I think it was with a takedown in like the last thirty seconds too. And then he beat Jack Lampson from Jordan Elbridge, uh, who he had lost to I think three times already this year, and then his fourth time facing him this year, beat him for a spot in States. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, so I've, I guess I'll talk about the upset that I wanted to talk about, but that's sophomore Rocky files of central square. He took out Jake Whitmore of Indian river in the semis. Jake Whitmore was the first seed. And then he got Kane Roberts down at the two seed. Well, if you're Kane Roberts, who was 31 and four going into the finals of sectionals with all four losses to Whitmore, um, you know, you got to be feeling good about yourself going into the finals, knowing you don't have to wrestle Whitmore, which I honestly thought I sat there next to, um, I, I watched the the North country finals, maybe two weeks, two or three weeks into uh, December. And uh, they had a really exciting match. Then they just wrestled last weekend, but you know, they wrestled four times this year. I'm like, I, I got to thinking, I'm like three or four times if they wrestle, it's going to go one guy's way. And then that next time, you know, I, I had a feeling that, Roberts was just going to pull, pull it out and he didn't even have to wrestle with more, but uh, yeah. So that was kind of my upset. Rocky files as a sophomore, just take out, takes out Jake Whitmore and uh, oh, yeah. you know, Roberts obviously took advantage of that and then beats files, which kind of barely beats files to, uh, to make the section three uh, to win the section three tournament. Yeah, no, that was a crazy one. Uh, you know, uh, all props to Whitmore. I mean, uh, I hope that, you know, these guys, when we talk about them losing in an upset, you know, it's kind of, it's, it is a compliment to them because I mean, we're mentioning how surprising it is that somebody wrestled well enough to beat them. I mean, Whitmore had a great year. I mean, he was ranked number one all year, I think. And like you said, he had all those wins over Roberts. So it was definitely crazy to see him go down. And I mean, he came back in Whitmore in consolations and got two pins, uh, I think one in the first one in the second. So he was, you know, he bounced back from it. Well, but yeah, props to Rocky files. Uh, he took Kane Roberts right to the end too. I think Roberts, they were tied at three, like a minute under a minute to go. Uh, Roberts got, uh, like a Merkel off the side to get a big takedown at the end. So it, yeah, that was crazy. I mean, you would have thought those guys were one and two all year, Whitmore and Roberts, and like you said, you know, it seems like when guys, you know, one of the hardest things to do in wrestling and in sports in general is to beat somebody you're evenly matched with like multiple times in a row. And so it seemed like there was that potential for Whitmore and Roberts, you know, one more time would Roberts finally get by him. And then, yeah, Rocky Files kind of crashed the party. Yeah, he did. Um, and obviously, like you mentioned, Whitmore, he, he went on that wrestle back tear because I'm sure he knew going into the tournament or even just, I guess, more so after his loss that, you know, if you wrestle back and you take second place, you know, or you, you get that chance to, to wrestle back and, you know, go for the true second, if it came down to Rocky Files winning, um, that you, you'd get the opportunity for true second and, you know, qualify for the state tournament. So he went on a tear and wrestled back and took third, but Rocky Files came up short in the finals, which eliminated Whitmore's chances, I guess, at the uh, state tournament. Um, but, you know, that wrestle back warrior mentality um, on the D3 or D2 side, you know, you have the top three guys going. So, I mean, making to the finals and I, I don't want to say people are content with losing because, you know, obviously people wanted to be a section three champ, but you make the finals, you, you kind of already know, hey, I'm, I'm going to make it to the state tournament. Um, it's that the consolation finals is where it's like, all right, well, if you, if you take third, you know, you're going to the state tournament. If you take fourth, you're not. So, I mean, wrestling in the finals, win or lose, you're, you're still going to the state tournament. And I know, you know, the champion mindset obviously is to win, but um, we've seen guys that didn't win the sectionals and two weeks later you go on and win a state title. I mean, I, I kind of was just kind of talking about this today. Um, Jake Beckwith, he wrestled for General Brown. 
he won classes, he won sectionals, and then loses to Andrew Tanner of Adirondack in the state finals. Um, and I've, there's been a lot more examples of that as well, whether it's section three or section five or section four. Um, but, you know, just because you don't win your section, you know, you, you still still make that state title run um, if you get there. So those three guys, there's three guys that lost, I believe, in the quarterfinals, and they made um, their way back and took third place. So at 132, I've got Allers, a Phoenix. We kind of already mentioned it. He's the fifth seed. He lost to Camper. He knocks off the three seed and the one seed to come back and take third. Up at 189, Andrew Bailey, the sixth seed of Shenango, lost in the quarters and bounced back with three wins to finish third. And lastly, at 285, the second seed, Andrew Morris of Holland Patton, got decked. Um, I assume he got pin, like headlocked or pinned. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I assume that um, by Malat of South Lewis. And then he rattled off three wins to take third as well. So those three guys had that wrestle back um, warrior mentality. And they uh, finished with three wins and then, you know, punched their ticket to Albany. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, those I mean, we did talk about Allers, but. Bailey uh, from Chenango for 189. That was uh, that was a little bit of a surprise too. 189 in section three. Like all year, there'd kind of been three guys. Uh, the top two: Ethan Randall from CBA, Jared Belinsky from Dolesville, and Colin White from Adirondack. Uh, I mean, Randall uh, won sectionals two years ago, 2020. Uh, so he seemed like the top guy coming in. Belinsky beat him at one point this year. Uh, and then Belinsky and White had traded wins a couple of times this year. And so I really wasn't expecting anyone to kind of break into that top three. Uh, and then Bailey, he, he actually won a match in overtime and wrestled back against Xander Johnson of Homer, who uh, they wrestled four times this year. Xander Johnson won the first two. Bailey got him at, in overtime at the Class B tournament last week, then beat him in overtime again at sectionals. And then he pulled off that good win over White for third. Uh, and it was impressive. Morris, like you mentioned, 285. Uh, yeah, he was number two seed. Uh, been pretty much ranked number two all year behind Nick Rogers of General Brown. Uh, to go down in the quarterfinals, you know, he could have taken that uh, as like a big momentum shift and let it affect the rest of his day. But watching him in that third place match uh, against Tavin Malchek from Homer, he was definitely still going for it, still determined. Uh, uh, that was a good win for him to get that third place win. And I think he could be one of those guys that, uh, you know, not in the finals at sectionals, but obviously he's going from taking third. And like you were kind of saying, some of those guys can make a run at the state tournament, just, you know, get on a run. He might be one of those guys. Yeah. I mean, section three, uh, 285, obviously two years ago we had uh... – Libel of Canastota, he he made the state finals, and you know, like I said, with Jake Beckwith and and uh, Andrew Tanner, they they both made the state finals. A lot of heavyweights out of section three uh, go do well, whether it's two twenty or well two fifteen or two eighty five. Um, you know, they they tend to do well out in Albany. Uh, so we mentioned the one MOW with Campers performance on the D two side, but let's kind of talk about the D one side. We've got Princeton commit Cole Molhauser of central square. He spent two minutes and 11 seconds on the mat Saturday in all three of his matches. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, there wasn't Eastern States this year, so he hasn't, you know, he doesn't have that tournament to, I guess, kind of assess himself with, but uh, he's been on just a tear. I mean, like you said, D one commit for Princeton. Uh, I was writing about it in the preview that I did. Uh, he's 34 and 0. He's got one forfeit, so take that away. 33 and 0. He's got 29 pins and four techs, so he's not wrestled the full match yet this year. I think only two times he's been taken out of the first period, uh, and both of those ended up being tech falls. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. And he's been dominant. Uh, definitely feeling good about. He was third two years ago at States, definitely feeling good that he can have a good performance there again. And it wasn't like uh, everybody kind of ran away from him in his bracket too. The guy he beat in the finals was Trey Darmody Latham from Syracuse, who was 28 and three this year. And his only losses were to Mulhauser. Other than that, he kind of had the same sort of deal where uh, 28 and three, 23 pins. Uh, so he, had been pretty dominant himself. Just, you know, he was in the same bracket as Mulhauser. Uh, so definitely, you know, I mean, you could have said beforehand, 
just written Mulhauser on the MOW ballot because uh, of his success that he's had in the past, but he definitely backed it up and showed why uh, he's got the reputation that he does. Yeah, he. I've been meaning to have him on the show. Every time I talk to him, um, you know, in person, I'm like, hey, come on the show. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm shy, I'm bashful, yada, yada, yada. I mean, his resume is continuing to build um, after every month that I ask him to come on. But, uh, yeah, so he wrestled Trey. Trey also trains at the Grain House um, up in Watertown. And you mentioned Cole's um, bonus rate. So he, when he goes to the Grain House, he, he gets a hold of um, Carter Bear, which I've mentioned him. He, he's a governor guy. Um, they both, I, I don't know if it's a, a competition against them. Um, they both have only been out of the first period once or twice um, all season. Their, their bonus rates like the same. Um, aside the, from their forfeits, they're either t- pinning or tacking everybody. Watching them train together and like drill, it's, it's kind of like a thing of art. Like it's, it's fun. So, I mean, he's another one that I'll, I'll see in probably two times um, between now and States um, at the greenhouse. So it's always good when going out there talking to him or his dad, um, Joel. So, yeah. I was going to say, it'd be awesome to hear him uh, on the podcast. And it's cool that he's got that, you know, kind of friendship with Carter bear who I have seen, you know, very dominant year. Uh, but Cole, he's been, he made sectional finals every year since I think he was in seventh grade. So to hear what that kind of experience would be like, yeah, exactly. uh, it'd be cool to hear him. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, to, to bring home a, uh, state title, um, obviously last year, I count last year state title and journeyman, um, right. but to, to bring home a state title in Albany, um, you know, as a section three wrestler on, on the D one side, uh, it's always a great thing to punch guys into the finals, but you know, Cole's got that, he's got the ability to, to win a state title there and maybe even MOW. Obviously there's a lot of hammers between PJ Dukes and Rocco Kamalachi and, and Jaden Scott and Cam Cadgerbone of the section six. Uh, section five, section six battle. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of hammers on the D one side, but he's one that sticks out and going to Princeton next year. Um, I'm looking forward to watching him for the next four or five years. Um, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about a few of the returning sectional champs. You mentioned 2020. Um, so back in 2020, I think we have three returning sectional champs on both D one and then three on D two as well. I think D one, we've got Freddie Pagan, Alex Booth and Cole Mulhauser. And D2, we've got Trey Kimball, Ethan Randall, and Sam Sorensen. Uh, yeah, so uh, Pagan at 102, I mean, that guy, <clears throat> he's just a gamer. Like, he just steps up, it seems like, when the bright lights are on. Because uh, he'd taken uh, two losses to guys in the bracket. So he was the three seed. Uh, and in the semis, he wrestled Matt Doggerty from JDCBA, uh, pinned him. Uh, and then in the finals, wrestles Mike Bohan from Auburn, who had only beaten two to one earlier this year, gets a pin there. Like he's just, I don't know. It's kind of the same thing at sectionals two years ago. He won in the finals in overtime. Like when the bright lights are on, he seems to step up. So uh, that was cool. And then, like you said, yeah, it doesn't ahead. help when you have the uh, the Fulton contingent there. I mean, obviously they come out in 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 robes like to help, to, you know, to support their Fulton wrestlers, and you know not necessarily at Fulton's it's their. I mean, it kind of is their backyard compared to where, where they're located. I mean, they're not an hour and a half drive, like some other schools or an hour drive, whatever, but you know, I, whenever I go to the section three tournament, you see a sea of red and they're always on their feet when uh, they're Fulton guys in the finals. Oh yeah. No, they travel well for sure. And uh, on top of that, you know, Fulton was in quite the battle with Indian river for the team title, which is a whole other conversation. If we can get, we can get into oh, it. Sometime. Oh, we will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, Pagan wrestled awesome. Um, uh, I think you mentioned Alex Booth was uh, the other sec- yep. returning section champ. And uh, he's another guy been on a tear this year. Uh, he's got one loss to Nick Noto, who uh, another guy probably favored to do real well at the state tournament. Uh, but Booth, you know, him, he was with uh, Manny Gonzalez, who won the section title at 138, and also Brady Lynch. Uh, who got third at 138, all of them were right near each other in the weight class for Indian River. And they just, they, they've all picked up some real big wins this year for them in dual meets. Uh, Booth looked really good uh, at sectionals, as did Mulhauser, like you said. So those three on the D1 side, uh, definitely, yeah, backed it up from when they won two years ago. I, I kind of have to mention, I mean, I know Alex Booth. Um, we, we, 
I guess we spent like 20 hours in a car together uh, on our way to Fargo this past summer. Um, he rode out with, with Bear and Tyler Ferreira of uh, Section 4, uh-huh. and then uh, his dad and, and Joel Bear and then myself. But, uh, yeah, so we all spent 20 hours in a car together, so I got to know Alex pretty well. And, actually, I don't think he was going to wrestle this year until – I mean, he made the decision to wrestle, obviously, but it was kind of super late. I mean, I don't know if it was – the end of October, or early November is when he really decided to, that he was going to wrestle. But uh, I'm, I'm sure glad he did because he won another Section 3 title. And I think he's got what it takes to stand on the podium at the uh, state tournament next weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I'm glad that he chose to wrestle. I mean, that is a, a decision, you know, just because a guy, a wrestler is successful doesn't mean that necessarily like they love the sport. They're going to want to continue. But it was – I mean, he, he's a natural out there. I mean, 41 and one this year and looks real confident. So hopefully he can carry that over to States. And I don't know, maybe your 20 hour car ride helped convince him. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. I, 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 we didn't talk about that, but yeah, um, I, I, he, I think he made his decision after Fargo, which, I mean, he wrestled really well out in Fargo. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was kind of bummed to hear that he wasn't going to wrestle in the fall time, but yeah, he, he made the right decision. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, these guys, I mean, they're, they're facing a whole different, you know, like sort of set, set of circumstances. I mean, uh, with COVID affecting school, I mean, they're in and out of school in person sports have been in and out, like, especially wrestling, like somewhat official last year, somewhat not official. And then well, any river, uh, they didn't have a season. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and, you know, wrestling is kind of one of those things where it's not like you can just walk to the baseball field and practice. Uh, you got to, like you said, kind of got to find uh, a camp or somewhere that's got a club team or something where you can go find practice. But I mean, just to end all of it, I hope that he above all is enjoying himself this year. And, you know, he's, I think he is a senior, so he's got this last ride in Albany and yeah, I think he could do real well. He's got some very good wins this year, not just over section three guys. So I'm excited for for his tournament in a couple of weeks same yeah the d2 side we got kimball which he didn't wrestle at the state tournament two years ago then we got randall and then Sorensen, who is coming off of a journeyman state title last year and then a wyoming state title last year as well so he kind of doubled up in the state titles last year um but i mean randall randall was at dolgeville uh two years ago when he won a sectional title now he's at central valley and I wonder the the weird dynamic of him wrestling his former teammate in the sectional finals. Yeah, I yeah, it was something I didn't put together. One of my friends pointed it out. I mean, his only loss this year was to a guy from Dolgeville. So uh, that no, that was cool. I mean, uh, good to see that Dolgeville. Uh, like, obviously, they didn't replace him or anything, but they've still got plenty of talent on their roster. I mean, Belinsky had a great year, uh, and Randall. Like he looks uh, when I watch him, you know, like another confident wrestler. Like if he's, it seems like if he's feeling good and he's feeling confident that he can get it done, uh, especially, you know, he avenged a loss in the sectional finals. That's got to feel good. It's going to be his second time in Albany. Uh, that's got to feel good. Uh, so good to see him going back. Sorensen, uh, kind of like, you can kind of say he's like the, the D2 uh, uh, like example of Mulhauser on the D1 side for section three. You know, he might be uh, the best pound for pound guy. Like you said, you know, kind of doubled up on state tournaments, uh, state titles last year. Uh, He's turned himself. I mentioned this in the preview that I wrote. I mean, before, you know, in 2020, when right before COVID and everything, we got the state tournament in. His wrestling style was more like close matches. He's going to find a way to win, uh, you know, outlast guys, win three to one, three to two. And also like, and no disrespect to him by any means, believe me, you know, he wasn't the most intimidating looking guy. And now, uh, before then, you know, he would overcome that and then wrestle all these close matches. And now he's turned into, you know, like he, he builds out two fifteen real well. I think he, uh, plays football real well and he's turned himself into a pinner as well, uh, which only makes it, you know, probably worse for the guys that are trying to take him down. I agree. Um, Zach and I kind of mentioned last year when he was, he went on a state title run for the journeyman and we we're, he just, he's when wrestles a lot of close matches, but he's really good at winning the close matches as well. But that's something I noticed this year as well. Um, he's starting to widen the gap on his competition 
and he's not just settling for the close match wins. He's he's going for the pin, and um, yeah, he was he's one of the guys that were on our kind of our recruiting profile thing that we did over the summertime to uh, when when the college the dead period ended for recruiting. Um, he was on our big board for the class of 2023. Um, whether he decides to wrestle or play football, I know I talked to his dad at the Windsor tournament. Really know what he planned on doing. He's got a bright future, whatever he chooses to do, and I think. Obviously, the state titles his, um, you know, his to take this year. I, I do have to mention um, there's another guy that is a returning sectional champ, but he he won it back in 2019, and he just you know he found the podium again, and that's Six Cook of Central Valley. Yeah, um, you know, before I talk about Six, I did we kind of skipped over Kimball, and I didn't mean to. Uh, he had a great tournament. He's had uh, a great postseason. Uh, he's up at 126 now, and he. I mean, he looks real confident. He looks really comfortable out there. I mean, 126 for Section 3 D2 this year was pretty loaded. Uh, and he wrestled and showed pretty convincingly that he was the top guy despite the deep talent. Um, he got he missed like the first week or two of the year, and then he took second at the North Country to Manny Gonzalez from the D1 side. And I think people were kind of wondering, uh, since he got a little bit of a late start and then took the loss in the finals uh, how good you know obviously it would be good but how would he be like a sectional title guy and he is more than shown that he is uh, so I just wanted to make sure I got that in there before we talk about six who also had uh, a phenomenal tournament like you said he won in 2019 and took six in states that year uh, didn't wrestle in the postseason in 2020 but he's back now uh, he looks really comfortable at 145. Um, if you know Section 3 and you know Central Valley, uh, you know that the name Cook is pretty synonymous with them. Uh, for the past five or 10 years, there's Blake and Cook, uh, Landry Cook, and then, of course, Tanner Cook is someone uh, more people might know because he wrestles for South Dakota State right now. And he's been ranked in the top 25 before. He's been featured on Flow for an exciting style and six kind of reminds me of him just in the way they both seem to build out 145 pretty well. Uh, and six, yeah, he, you know, all three pins for sectionals. He had a pin in the first period in the finals. Uh, and he had a pin right after his brother. So they went back to back pins, which is something another pair of brothers for CVA Mason and Merrick Bush did two years ago. Uh, so, I mean, they've got this brother thing figured out. I don't know what other teams are going to do. I, yeah, that's a, uh... I forgot about Mason and Merrick going back to back as well, but uh, yeah, the, the cooks um, I watched six at the, the New York state, uh, the NISFA duels down in Syracuse a few weeks ago. And I thought the same thing. I was looking across the mat and I saw six wrestle. I think it was Candace Theo Greenwood that he was wrestling, but I'm like, man, he is like a spinning image of Tanner, you know, that style, the, the just going to let her rip. And uh, you know, obviously he comes out on top more often than yeah. he doesn't but yeah he's got that exciting style and I'm excited to watch him in in uh Albany he's coming into Albany 37 and one uh the one loss comes to Tyler Rossini he's a d1 guy out of Burnt Hills so he's not gonna have to worry about him um but yeah six cook at 145 is gonna be dangerous um, oh yeah I'm excited I'm I will say uh back when Tanner was wrestling I'm I'm a little less nervous watching six so far Tanner was in some close matches and I think he won to stay final 10 to eight uh so i mean tanner he like i said when he's been featured on flow it's because he's out there throwing guys so he gets in those 50 50 positions and finds a way to to come out on top of them uh but yeah like you said six and tanner like the the image is there and the success is there too which is cool yeah six cook he's 37 and one on the year like i mentioned four forfeits so you take away that he's got 33 wins and 29 of them are pins with one tech so 30, 30 bonus point, um, you know, match ender. So that's pretty, pretty remarkable. Um, yeah, the bonus rates there too. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the top, let's say the top five team scores. I'll start with D2 because that's less, uh, less exciting. And since we're, we're going to finish with a good, good talk, but top five team scores in D2, we've got Camden with 80 points, Copenhagen with 92 points, Canastota with 96. Homer comes in second at 113, and Central Valley wins another Section 3 title with 159 points. Um, obviously, they're, they're the top five. Were, were there any programs that kind of 
shocked you, um, you know, that are kind of up on the come up that, that you might not have necessarily seen with a, with that much talent in the last, I don't know, four or five years? Uh, yeah. I mean, to see, <clears throat> uh, we kind of talked about it, but see Copenhagen in the top five. Uh, I mean, they brought five guys and four of them are going to States. Uh, and they're like, their school size itself is one of the smallest uh, in section three. Uh, so they always have a small roster. There's not much they can do with that because the school itself is so small, but they seem like a really well-coached team and consistently bring out uh, some good guys. Uh, Homer though is another one. I mean, they had a really good year. Uh, they were probably, they were maybe CVA's top challenge along with Camden and general Brown, as far as like the section three duels went. Uh, but I didn't, as good as they were, I'm not sure if I would have picked them as second place for the section three tournament and, uh, being, I'm originally from, uh, Cortland and their crosstown rival is Homer. So it's kind of like a bittersweet thing, <laughs> uh, to, you know, give them so much praise, but they, they've been absolutely crushing it this year. I got to give it to them. Yeah. I'm friends with coach Reynolds on Facebook and I see actually something that I thought was cool was they, they had that team bonding thing where I don't know if they were at the ski resort down there or where it was, but they, uh, I thought it was pretty sweet or Greeks peak, whatever it was, but uh, I thought it was pretty sweet that, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of came together as a unit. I, again, we saw them at the Windsor tournament. Um, you know, they had one, two, three, four, five, six guys placed in the tournament, which is pretty nice. Um, another team that I kind of thought would, and I also friends with one of the coaches, um, on Facebook, but that's Mount Markham as well. They ended up with one, two, three, four, um, four, plays finishers at the state tournament or at the sectional tournament. And I believe one of those guys is going to the uh, state tournament or actually two of them. So yeah, no, they got two. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Aiden DeForest and Dominic Jones. Um, so yeah, there's Mount Markham again. That's another program that I, they came to the North country a few years ago. Um, you know, they're, they're definitely on the come up as well. We'll move yeah, on. No, they are. They have a, uh, two years ago, um, they kind of really came on, to the scene. I mean, they'd always been good and you could tell they were getting better. And then two years ago, it kind of really came together. Uh, this year, another example, uh, DeForest and Jones going, uh, Jones, that, he had a battle in that third place match. Uh, so he came back and got the pin there. Uh, definitely that also probably helped them get to the top 10 in the team standings. Uh, and they're, uh, they were class D I think now they're class C. So kind of on the smaller side, but it's good to see them, even though they're on the smaller side, consistently putting out good results. Yeah. So not that, um, I guess going off a little bit, but you know, Copenhagen, um, we talked about their, their guys. Um, and I, I got to thinking about the division one side with, uh, Watertown and in two years ago, we saw some, we obviously we've seen some movement throughout the section, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking in my head, if Watertown had Manny Gonzalez still, and then mm-hmm. Adam Ortega, you got to think there's two more sectional champs that Watertown would have had. I mean, they probably would have had four as well on the, on the D one side, you know, obviously yeah. Manny Gonzalez did win. So he probably would win at Watertown and then 172. I got to think Adam Ortega's favored on the, uh, at one 172 as well on the D one side. That's no, that's a great point. Uh, <clears throat> you know, they have been, it seems like they've been trying to uh, build <clears throat> themselves back up over the past five years or so and they're definitely doing it and uh they've had some guys uh spencer lavin comes to mind uh that have made the finals in the past few years but i mean still uh jack cloth won for them at 160 kane roberts at 215 and then adding on those guys that have been to watertown uh you know they're in a tough group of teams being in the north country but they're definitely doing well enough to stay afloat in there yeah, I agree. So we'll talk about the the top five teams now in Division One. Um, Division One, we've got Central Valley or uh, excuse me, Central Square coming in at fifth. They got 104 points, and then right above them at 105 points is CNS in fourth. Third place, we got JD CBA with 121, and in second place, we've got Fulton with 154 points. And the champs, which hasn't been said probably yet is Indian River with 158.5 points. I don't think that's broke the media yet. Uh, yeah, I don't know um, if uh, an official media outlet has reported it, but that uh, has been quite the 
series of events. I don't know how much you've seen uh, over the past I, maybe 24 hours. I've seen it all. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to like take over and tell the story or anything, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the floor is yours if you want it. Well, I mean, from what I've seen and kind of how I've all taken it in, um, the whole year, full and Indian River have been one, two for section three on the D1 side. Yep. Uh, at the class A tournament a weekend ago, Indian River beat them by, I think, four. And uh, I did some research and I think it was 31 years in a row, Fulton had won the class A tournament and Indian River finally knocked them off for once. So that was a big deal. Uh, but heading into sectionals, uh, Indian River's got a little bit smaller of a roster. And uh, so Fulton had more entries. Indian River maybe had more hammers. So we, everyone knew it was going to be close. Go through the tournament on Saturday. Uh, it's close all day. Um, even things like we talked about already, Whitmore losing. Uh, you kind of were like, okay, that might swing things in Fulton's favor. But then Whitmore comes back and gets two pins in Wrestlebacks. Uh, gives them, I believe, gives them the lead going into 285. Uh, and then Fulton, Logan Murphy gets a pin for third at 285. Re-gives Fulton the lead as far as everybody knows on Saturday. Uh, Fulton announces the team champions on Saturday. Take pictures with the Section 3 championship banner. Uh, I mean, they did wrestle very well. And as we go through the story, I hope that's not taken away. But then, um, you know, people who use cnywrestling.com probably, they might know this already. But if not, uh, somebody posted about there potentially being some scoring errors in the team scoring side. Uh, and it turns out Fulton initially, I think, won by two and a half points. And the way the brackets were made on D1, there's 10 wrestlers uh, for each bracket. So there's only two matches in the round of 16. And Fulton at one weight, uh, they had a bye into the quarterfinals, which many most of the wrestlers do. There's only two matches, like I said. But instead of a bye on track wrestling, it must have accidentally been put in as a pin. And so if you do the tournament scoring, a pin is two team points. And if you win in the winner's bracket, it's another two team points. So that's four points, which if you take that away, because it wasn't a match that was actually wrestled, that was accidentally put in, that would re-put Indian River above Fulton. Uh, so that came to the light essentially yesterday. And since then, it's been, uh, you know, like a mirage of trying to figure out the like what happened what were the actual team scores because it turned out um uh, it's for section three they don't have full wrestle backs at sectionals you have to make the quarterfinals if you're going to wrestle back so if you lose in the first round or the round of 16 your day is done but on track wrestling uh i don't know if they just don't have that sort of bracket programmed in but the losers in the round of 16 uh were just kind of put into wrestle backs and so they didn't wrestle or anything. They, their, their names would just be on the bracket. And then whoever they technically would have lined up with, it was just put in as a no contest. Uh, the other person who did make it to the quarterfinals and was then in consolations uh, just moved on. Now, I know that might've been hard to follow, but that no, that no contest that they were given, which was technically just a buy, uh, it was just how they had to do it with the track wrestling program. Track wrestling in the automated system counted that as like a win and so the wrestlers of the team would get one advancement point which is what you get when you win a match in the consolation bracket uh, and so that changed things because teams were then getting a point for winning in the consolation bracket when they really just had a buy which is nobody's fault really other than you know it's just like a give and take thing with the track wrestling system it does the scoring automatically and it has all these great features but when something like that is put in it just repeats itself and until you catch it uh it's just a thing so i bring up that point to say cns and central square i think initially were tied for fourth but once proper scoring was done cns edged out central square for one by one for fourth place so i don't know if you got all that but that has been part of the conversations that have been going on for the past day I did. I, I, I kind of got all that. I hope the listeners kind of followed along as well. I know 
the guys that are listening that followed the CNY form and, uh, you know, they kind of could connect the dots. Obviously, if you look at a certain weight, there's two guys at the same – or there's one guy's name and two different spots in the bracket. Um, so you kind of can figure it out if you just look. Um, but, yeah, obviously there was a little bit of scoring issue. Um, I guess I don't know in the future if that can get changed with a no contest or if, if somebody has to actually – use a buy, you know, so they don't get the placement points going backwards, um, you know, moving forward points. But yeah, I don't know. That's all kind of interesting. Um, so now obviously in River is the section three champs. I can't remember the last time they were section three champs. I think it was 2011 or 12. Yeah. Um, Could be no, wrong. No, you might be right. I, I do believe they have a section three title, but I know that they hadn't won uh, a class tournament, actually, I don't think in their history until last weekend. And now they backed it up with a uh, section three title that, you know, they did deserve. And uh, you were right. 2012 was the yep. year that they last won it. Yeah. I'm friends um, with a handful of their guys on Facebook is any nervous. I mean, coach call lives 10 minutes down the road from me. Uh, so any inner rivers, the border, they're the northernmost section three school. And then, you know, we're the southernmost section 10 school. So we're, we're right next to each other. Um, and I remember seeing a bunch of, you know, memory thing, kind of the picture of, I think they had several champs that year as well. Um, and they were the section three team champs as well. No, they've had, they've had a huge year. I mean, uh, most people, even if you're not a part of section three, probably know how good Fulton has been historically. Uh, and they've Fulton's just, you know, they're, they're so deep every year. They're very, it seems like they're really well coached. They have a big roster. It seems like they've got a great program from the bottom up. So it's very hard to find a way at the varsity level to beat them. Uh, this year, things finally swung in Indian River's way. Uh, and so it's just, you know, like uh, with the whole scoring issue thing, you know, uh, if it had been, say, you know, a difference in the two teams for 16th and 17th place, you know, it probably wouldn't have been as big of a deal. It would have just been like, Oh, well, we just got to fix that. And it's whatever. But the fact that the scoring thing played into the deciding factor for the first place team, and that it was Indian river and Fulton, these two teams who have had great years all year and had a lot of battles over the past few years. Like it just, it all sort of just came together and, I guess the worst sort of way in terms of like the scoring error, but it is all being resolved. Um, I don't think the official media outlet has uh, posted anything. I don't know what exactly they'll do. Hopefully, you know, Indian river gets uh, something to help celebrate the fact that they did win. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was crazy. Um, and first section three title in 10 years, uh, they, they deserved it. You know, they had, Throughout the year, they were giving up two forfeits and still won Section 3 duels and won a match at the state duels. And they're taking a, a bunch of guys to states. So they've had a fantastic year. Yeah, and I, I, I won't get into too much of the other stuff, but they, they also have the guy that, you know, in school, obviously can't wrestle Aiden Poe. Uh, he was another one. He had the eligibility still. Uh, again, I won't get into all that stuff, but he's another one that would have filled one of those forfeits. And I honestly think he's the top three in the state this year. Wrestled. He wrestles at the Grain House as well, and uh, he, he's he's looked really great. I mean, last year with the COVID year, get, kind of getting robbed of a season hurt. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Indian River, they're a tough program. Um, and, you know, you got to give it to Fulton. I think I'm I'm in the Fulton Wrestling group on Facebook, and, uh, you know, Coach Waldron said – he even said it on the CNY forum. He said, you know, we don't want to win this way. Um, you know, we're, we're going to – the right thing is going to come out, and, you know, if it's – if we are champs, we're the champs, but if we're, we're second, we'll give the banner back and we'll, you know, um, we'll, we'll finish second. We'll work for the title next year, which Fulton's community um, is kind of really, it's awesome. Obviously they all live and die wrestling down there in Fulton. And uh, they're, they're not necessarily a, a rebuilding team. They're just more of a reloading team. Right. I mean, they've got a handful of young guys on their team this year that again, in two or three years, they're going to be, the dominant team again in section three. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if Fulton will ever technically be rebuilding because like you said, their program from the young to youth wrestling to, you know, the fans in the stands is so strong. 
Uh, and Coach Waldron, to his credit, um, you know, like I, I don't, I haven't ever really talked to him much, but it seems like when, uh, you know, like I guess in some way his back is against the wall in this because once the scoring issue thing came out, everyone was like, oh, well, it shouldn't be a problem, you know. If it's true that Indian River is the rightful champions, then then Fulton should like own up to that. And it might seem simple, but that's, you know, that's a lot of pressure on whoever the head of the program is, in this case, Coach Waldron. And he, from what I've seen, has handled it uh, in a very professional way. And it seems like he does that when the time calls for it. Uh, so they're, yeah, no, they're going to continue to be right up there. Uh, it'll be exciting to see, you know, how Fulton Indian River. JD CBA, they've had a lot of battles this year and in past years. And, you know, that's probably going to continue. Um, yeah, I agree. So before I, we kind of get into the last few things, I just wanted to talk about, um, you know, who you think maybe, I guess we'll talk about the, the up and comers, you know, some of the seventh, eighth, ninth graders that maybe haven't seen their shot at, at Albany yet. But, you know, some of these guys, whether they're the 102 pounders or 110 pounders, you know, um, the young guys of the, the weight classes and stuff, um, but they, they're going to leave their mark in Albany. Right. So, I mean, we've seen it. I, we, I just talked about Derek span <clears throat> last episode with a matter of work, but like he won a state title in ninth grade. Right. So you kind of leave that, that mark. Right. So you're, you're, you're going to be one of the best in the state for those four years. You know, who are the, some of the, the young guys that you see um, leaving their mark on the state next weekend? Uh, well, I gotta say uh, on the D two side, one Oh two, Gene Edwards of CVA won the bracket on Saturday. Um, he, he's got two losses this year uh, up at 110. So at 102, he's got a clean slate, uh, and he pinned his way through sectionals. Uh, he's a guy, he's an eighth grader. Uh, I think I saw a little interview deal with Coach Bob Bush who said that he's just, like, uh, addicted to wrestling. And it shows, you know, if you wanted to craft, uh, like, a wrestler – and their intensity on the mat, you know, like you want that sort of controlled intensity where they're going out there and they're getting after it, but they're not being wild. And Gene Edwards, eighth grader, he seems to have that dialed. So I expect, uh, like I got, you know, uh, high hopes for him coming uh, on the state level for sure. How about the, uh, the seniors that are going to go out with a bang? I mean, actually looking at um, some of the guys, especially the division two side, we don't have a lot of seniors that did win yeah. sectionals. Um, but uh, the, the seniors that have won sectionals, most of them have not placed in the States or have obviously won the state tournament yet. So who are the seniors you think are going to go out with a bang? Uh, yeah. Like you said, uh, there's definitely a lot of uh, underclassmen that have had really good seasons in section three, which is exciting because it means hopefully if they continue wrestling, we'll get to see them have it in the future. Uh, but some seniors, we talked about Alex Booth, uh, very excited to see what he can do. Uh, other guys for Indian River include uh, Gabe Lynch, who won at 152. He pinned his way through the bracket. Uh, he's a guy, I think, uh, if he wrestles confidently in Albany, he could, you know, pick up a couple wins. Ortega, Copenhagen is another guy you mentioned. He's had a real strong year. Uh he had a real high bonus rate uh, for a while. He's definitely looked like the top guy at 172 from section three for the year. Uh, Case Cook, CBA 138. Uh, we've already mentioned him a little bit. Mulhauser is another one. Uh, Nick Rogers, 285. General Brown has had a very dominant year himself. Uh, and like you said, for whatever reason, section three at the heavyweight spots seemed to do well. Uh, and fun fact, Sort of, you know, Rogers. His only losses this year are to Sorensen, who's the weight below him now. So it'd be cool if they can, you know, kind of show that they were the top guys, uh, you know, for their area back-to-back -back weights uh, when things come down to it. Uh, there's, you know, obviously there's more, but just looking at the list I had, those those guys, those are some of the guys that I'm excited to see uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, those were kind of the guys that I had off the top of my head um, thinking as well. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to the next two weeks. Um, obviously those, those guys aren't in the guys, uh, you know, that I coach, uh, their weight classes that, you know, I think are going to do well. So I, I can kind of cheer them on as well. Um, but yeah, so last thing I want to talk about was how you got introduced to the sport of wrestling. Uh, yeah, I'd love to, uh, I did want to throw out one more mention, uh, 
from the seniors list, Charlie Tibbetts from New Hartford, 285, uh, undefeated right now. Yeah, no, he's had a great <laughs> year. Uh, I mean, he's a kid. I remember, I think he was on VVS in uh, maybe eighth grade and uh, just, you know, being that young and uh, being in the higher weights and the heavyweights, you know, he was kind of struggling against some stronger kids and he's just gotten stronger and stronger every year. Uh, and, you know, he's put it all together so far this year. Uh, but back to your original question, how did I, uh, get into wrestling? Um, in seventh grade, uh, it's sort it's kind of like an embarrassing story, but I, I think some wrestling origin stories are, uh, in seventh grade, uh, I tried out for basketball, didn't make it. Uh, wrestling was kind of on my radar before then, but it definitely was after then. So I had something to do in the winter. And uh, I had a couple of friends who were wrestling. And in seventh grade, I still didn't really know uh, what wrestling was entirely. Like I knew it wasn't pro wrestling, uh, no disrespect to pro wrestling, but I knew it wasn't that. And I kind of thought it was like more MMA. And like I said, like the fact that you could win a wrestling match eight to four, like I had no idea that was a thing. I didn't really know. Uh, in seventh grade, I actually went first day of practice uh, I walked down to the locker room and I backed out at the very last second. I don't really remember why I just didn't commit next year comes around though. Uh, I actually just to embarrass myself a little bit, got cut from basketball again, but wrestling was on my radar at that time. I was pretty in on eighth grade. Uh, that was my first year wrestling. Uh, so yeah, that would be how I got into it. So what kind of uh, led you to do those recaps and previews that we see on the CNY form. Um, obviously you also have uh, blogged at the sectional tournament, the class tournaments uh, at the state tournament as well, right? You're, you're kind of the second man at on CNY, which kind of is going to lead me to ask um, another question as well is, you know, do you have any kind of plans to take over the CNY page as John announced that this is his final year with it? Uh, so the first part of that question, I mean, once, uh, once I got into ninth grade, uh, you know, the JV varsity program, uh, at our school, and I think for most schools is pretty much combined. And so once you wrestle for varsity, uh, in section three, or at least any of the sections now that cnywrestling.com covers, you find out about it, you start checking it out. Uh, I mean, it's a little off topic, but I just want to say like, cnywrestling.com to me stands up against just about any wrestling website out there for any level. Uh, you mentioned John Drew who runs the site. He's done such a phenomenal job with it. Uh, so when I was wrestling, obviously I knew about the website and uh, I would see people put up the previews or the live blogs and I would always be checking them out. And like, I love to, you know, follow tournaments that closely, like, and uh, you know, I was always real invested uh, in seeing the results and stuff. And so the time came, I was a junior in high school. Uh, I had actually, I did wrestle that year, but I wasn't wrestling in the postseason. And he had always done the blog for the sectional tournament. And uh, so I actually, as a junior in high school, I think I just messaged him and was like, I'm going to be at the class B tournament. Would you like me to live blog it? You know, I think it would be cool. And I don't know if he knew uh, how young I was or like, you know, he just kind of like took a chance with me, I think. And I did the live blog for classes that year. And then it's sort of just grown from there doing the live blog at uh, the sectional tournaments and eventually the state tournaments. Uh, and the way I've always kind of looked at it is when I was a wrestler or uh, younger and like looking at the blogs or the previews, I kind of wanted to just make sure like I could create something that I would have liked when I was on the other side. So as the viewer, I want to make sure as the creator that I'm giving something, you know, that I would have liked. And that's kind of helped me create the things that, you know, like the previews and stuff. And uh, I am glad like you for the compliments that you said, I appreciate those. Um, and for your last question there about the future of the site, uh, like you said, John did mention, he's looking for someone to help him out. Uh, you know, in the very near future and eventually take it over in a year or two, essentially. Uh, I mean, believe me, uh, he's, you know, I've kind of talked to him a little bit about it. 
he said, you know, he's done this for, I think, almost 20 years. And it's a it's a thankless job in the way like he does get thanks for it. I mean, not as much as he should for as great as the website is, but it's not, you know, like he's bringing in a lot of money with it. It's never been about that for him. It's more just been about uh, creating something awesome for wrestling in the area. And I would love to follow in those footsteps. Um, and you know, as long as it's going on, uh, I envision myself being a part of it. You know, I've got a pretty good friendship with John now. Uh, the problem, the problem is, you know, like running a website is not as easy as it might seem. Like, especially with some of the stuff he's created, there's a lot of programming and coding that's involved that uh, I'm not very good at. Um, you and me you know, both. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's, it's really difficult. Like a lot of credit, you know, I've got a friend who does computer programming stuff and I never realized how hard it was until I tried it at one point. So I will say, uh, I haven't talked to him about it in a little while, but uh, if I could figure that part of it out, you know, I would love to help. I don't know exactly what his plans are or who he's talked to. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, he's done such a great job with the site. And so hopefully whoever kind of helps take it over. I mean, I'm sure they're just going to keep that going. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I kind of actually got introduced to, to John, similar to you um, back. I lost my senior season of wrestling to a concussion, um, but I was at the state tournament and he needed a blogger. So I blogged at the state tournament as well. Um, so that's kind of how I got introduced to John. And then of course, uh, I remember it when it was a CNY, you know, section three page. I mean, it, it didn't have the section four page with it at that time. Well, at that time it did, but, uh, you know, when I first knew about CNY and then of course they had section four and then I got a hold of John and of course they added section two, they had section 10, they had section seven. Um, so obviously it's been, it's one of the best sites, obviously arm drag. I, I love arm drag. I mean, that's another one that's been around for years and I'm not saying it's, it's dated. Um, obviously I love arm drag, but, uh, you know, the, the product that you see on CNY, you know, the wrestlers profiles and the, the wins, and you can tell how many bonus they have and the picture that comes with it. And then everything that it just, it, it brings to the table. You can go to a team, whether the team is active, right. Or they, they don't have a team anymore. You can still look at it and say, wow, oh, man, that team had seven sectional or seven state place finishers and five state champs back in the day, you know, back in 1984 or whatever. Uh, 1985 you know you can you can kind of see those things which is kind of a cool aspect of cny wrestling so again i uh i hope john finds somebody obviously if anybody's listening to this as well you know and that does like cny page um and and is good with that computer program and software stuff um you know hit up john drew because we don't want to lose cny wrestling no, hundred percent. You know, I hope I hope John's listening and taking in all these compliments because he deserves it. Uh, like you said, uh, I do like arm drag, and then you know them being section five and six, uh, I do check them out. I know uh, section nine wrestling does some good write ups over there. Uh, so there are other good websites, but like you were mentioning, the information and the organization that CNYWrestling.com has, like it definitely stands up. Uh, you know, I mean, even at the at the college level, uh, for a while, it was pretty hard to find like a good solid website with records that was trustworthy. And now they have, you know, the, obviously there's flow wrestling, but they're kind of more the, the broadcasts and the write-ups and stuff. If you were looking for records, it was pretty tough, but records are easy to find on CNY. And now the college level's got stuff like WrestleStat that makes, uh, records easier, but that just, you know, goes to show that I think cnywrestling.com stands up pretty well wherever you're looking yeah i agree i uh, I, I do have to uh, agree as well with the uh, russell stat i love love going on to russell stat to follow and uh, whether you're looking at duels that are coming up um or obviously the wrestler's profile uh, which is similar to cny so it's fun to look at that as well um but yeah you gave me an hour of your time i really appreciate that um, we finally got to know the the guy behind fan of it since 98 so that's pretty cool um, you have oh, anything man, else to add? Uh, I don't know. You know, like you said, uh, if there is somebody out there that's got an attachment to wrestling and they know some stuff about building websites, uh, it's pretty easy to contact John. You know, it's right there on the CNY page. Uh, so I do like that you're putting that advertisement out there. Uh, other than that, though, I mean, I'm 
I was real glad when you reached out to me. Uh, you know, I like the podcast that you guys have been doing. Uh, so yeah, I was real glad to come on. You know, I got, I've had this uh, knowledge I've been storing up for the past few days for this podcast and now I got to let it out. So it was cool. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, of course, I, I'm looking forward to finally meeting you down in Albany. I'll be on the floor as well. So I'll have to come up to you and uh, yeah, introduce myself to you. Um, yeah, yeah thanks, thanks again for joining minutes. me. Yeah, man, 10 mats down there. It's going to take us a while to finally meet, but I'm sure we'll Ooh. figure it out. Yeah, I forgot the the new layout is uh, 10 mats this year. That's that's going to be different from what I've seen since 2004, or well, 2003, rather. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to to 10 mats, more wrestlers, more wrestling. Uh, hopefully there's the fans are, um, you know, going to be out in full force, and hopefully the MVP center gets uh, rocking, MVP arena. Oh yeah. No, it's going to be awesome for sure. I mean, it's always awesome. Now a few more wrestlers in each bracket, a few more teams and schools there. Uh, and we've had to wait an extra year for this official state tournament. Uh, it's going to be real exciting. Yep. Yep. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Thanks again for listening to episode 53 of more wrestling's podcast. Peace out. All right. Thank you, man. See you later. See ya.